Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Well, it's, uh, it's Friday. Hello, everyone. It's Friday. It's Friday. Friday. You got to get down I remember Friday. when you used to play that stupid song right before you hit record. Everybody's it. looking forward to the weekend. Weekend. Folks, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Uh, what's what episode? What? Like 148? 148. You know what that means? Next Friday's going to be the big the big 150. What, big what are we going to do? I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll probably talk about something, I'm sure. We should take questions. That's a great idea. Take your hot takes. Hot takes Send on anything. Us, yeah, let's let's do like a half AM, half and half AMA. Send in your hot takes, folks. Yeah. Leave, leave a comment. Send us an email. Well, wait, I don't wait. Know. Next Friday is what the April. Look at the calendar. Consult the calendar. <laughs> calendar says it's April first. So yeah, we'll definitely do an <laughs> AMA on April first. No, I was thinking, mate, I thought that was going to be the first. User 177 asked, Jacob, why are you so awesome? Well, I, I don't know, man. That's just, it's a great question. I just ooze, and, uh, you know, and anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, I got we got a couple things that I want to talk about. And, Jacob, we just watched a video. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can get to it or not because we just watched a video of uh, uh, Sean Hannity doing his best to appear um, as pro-Ukraine as possible. In the face of the uh, Putin puppet that is Tulsi Gabbard. It's true. So if we can get to that, we, we, we will try. But um, we have uh, not talked about the Supreme Court nominee for the you know the highest court of the land. This Kanjit, I think it's how you pronounce her first name, I Brown not, Jackson. Just, just we'll just call her, we'll just call her potential, just, potential Justice Brown um, or potential Justice Jackson. Uh, so... The, the hearings have been going down, and um, Lindsey Graham made a big to-do about how it wasn't going to be Kavanaugh all over again, which which is probably a good idea, because the Kavanaugh hearings were just ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous, stupid. Um, they, they accused him of, of committing gang rape against uh, people when he was in college, and they questioned his drinking habits as a college student. It's like, wow. <laughs> That's Do you drink co- alcohol? <laughs> Um, Brett, do you drink alcohol? Yes. Well, that's it. <laughs> Unqualified. Uh, Cory Booker. I was watching. I was going back and watching some of these videos. Cory Booker was asking him uh, when you wrote down in your like journal, you going to get a ski? Does that does that mean like brewskis? <laughs> Did you drink during the week? Uh, Justice came, potential Justice Kavanaugh. Like, that yeah, that whole thing was a sham and a and then disgrace. so and we so, covered that pretty extensively. Yeah, we did. And I remember all of that and how just ridiculous all of it was and how un how how just how unfounded the claims were of that he was in part of the the rape culture on college campuses, which is just completely ridiculous. And how and how un unuseful it was. Yeah, because like, we didn't learn anything. No. Um, and I had many conversations with people about that who, who you know, would say things like, well, you know, she accused him, so we have to hear her out. We believe and all women. Maybe we should, maybe we should, we should postpone this because of an accuser not understanding the fact that um, looking at the case, there was no evidence, and there's been no evidence post that any of this happened. In fact, most of the 
other accusers besides um, Dr. Ford had to come out and say, yeah, we were lying the whole time. Not true. So anyway, so the, the Republicans have made a, a pretty strong effort not to turn it into some kind of kangaroo court thing where they devolve in uh, into other nonsense. So, But that doesn't stop the corporate press from trying to pin it as uh, Kavanaugh 2.0 because the Washington Post put out an opinion piece saying, Republicans boast they have not pulled a Kavanaugh. In fact, they've treated Jackson worse. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> um, now, I don't remember... I watched a little bit of the hearings. I don't remember anyone accusing her of, of gang rape and and bringing forth you know witnesses that were uh, witness to the gang rape that she that Brett Kavanaugh was supposedly committing. That never happened. The worst it ever got was okay. Can you can you tell us what a woman is? And she says, "Well, I'm not a biologist." That's like saying you have to be an artist to describe a crayon. <laughs> or like saying, or, or, you could say, describe a guitar to me. Well, not a musician. <laughs> can you can you can you point to the picture that has the car on it? I'm not a mechanic. I'm not a mechanic. I, I'm sorry. I'm I am not qualified to, sir, um, ma'am. I have a picture of of a cup. A pair of scissors and a car. Which one's the car? I am not a mechanic. I am not obligated. And I we have two pictures qualified. here. One's a dump truck and one's an airplane. Which one's the airplane? I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not, I'm, a, a I'm not a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> What's a woman? Yeah, I'm not. Like, okay, it would be you could you could weasel your way out of that if you were a man saying, "Well, I'm not a woman." Like, okay, okay, I could see. You know, is it still is it still unjustified? Sure, but you know. You could you could weasel your way out of that, but I'm not a biologist. I'm not allowed to speak on what's a woman. Didn't you learn about this in high school biology or middle school biology, for that matter? I uh... I didn't know that you needed to have your PhD in in a biology to speak on what's a woman and what's not. Yeah, so Senator Blackburn, uh, can you provide a definition of the word woman? Jackson, no, I can't. Blackburn, you can't. Jackson, I'm not a biologist. (laughs) That is the level of stupidity, even though, even though the whole reason why she was picked for the Supreme Court is the fact that she's a black woman. So think about that for a second. She can't describe what it is, but she was picked for this position solely because she's a woman. Miss Brown, can you describe pop music for me? No. Why not? Well, I'm not Michael Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the crux of the argument right there. Well, you know, I'm not an expert in this field, so I'm not allowed to comment on it. She could have just said adult human female. Whoa, hold on a second, Joe. Whoa. But I know that goes against... That would go against the woke mob. She would have gotten canceled. That goes against... She would have been canceled. That goes against everything um, from the people that are supporting her. She'd been canceled. It goes against everything. So if you can't... If you cannot recognize a biological fact... You don't have to be a biologist to understand this. Just a biological fact that there are differences between men and women, uh, then you probably... you. What else? What else? Are, what else? Warped views do you have? Um, and that's kind of where the 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 proceedings led to. But that that and the other thing about the um, uh, the pictures 
of children in a very despicable way. We'll leave it at that. The questions surrounding that and how she gave some of these pedophiles uh, lighter sentences. Some cheese pizza, as I was talking about. Yeah. The, she gave some of these people lighter sentences, which were uh, less than, the, than what the prosecutors were asking for. Like, there was one case where the prosecution asked, I think, for like 24 to 48 months of, of sentencing. She only gave three months. And you can go out and find what, what the details of the case were. Um, and you can clear, you can very quickly come to the conclusion that three months was uh, way too short of a sentencing. So there was questions surrounding that. But that's it. That's it. That's all they asked her, were asking her about. And then somehow they're treating her worse. So um, so throughout the Senate confirmation hearings, uh, Judge Kanjit Brown Jackson uh, has been a model of composure, which is made all the more impressive by the egregious behavior of some of the Republican side. During the hearings, uh, Republicans such as Lindsey Graham congratulated her in declining to treat Jackson the same way they treated Brett Kavanaugh, and so on and so forth, right? A woman credibly accused Mr. Kavanaugh of sexual assault. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. It, that, 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 that didn't happen. I can't believe they're still holding on to this, what, three years later? Four years later? What, that Kavanaugh was... That was in 2018, right? Mm, I think it was. Yeah. So, like, what, four years later, still holding on to this? I guess so. <clears throat> so wrong. Uh, Democrats rightly asked the committee to investigate after a superficial FBI review Republicans passed for with his nomination. Yeah, because it was false. Because it was fake. Like, like how, ca- how, ca- how can you get away with just... Uh, how can you get away with just outright lies and then and then have the audacity to say well they did it anyway didn't happen um so you know you can read the article i'm not going to read the whole thing they, they they grilled her on some of the anti so-called anti-racism curriculum like the crt and whatnot and her answers were just very just dodgy and lackluster and of course no matter what she said on these issues because of her background because of who's nominating her because of the people who are supporting her the, she was never going to give an answer that was going to be good enough for Republicans, and I kept I kept seeing this thing that every time a Republican was opening up to ask her questions, it was always oh, congratulations that you're here. We 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 think your record is outstanding. This that you know heaping praise on her. But then they go into, well, you can't even define what a woman is. Well, what do you think? You let these pedophiles get off free, you know, like all this stuff, and it's like, well. I, how can you praise her record if this stuff is in a record? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So I, I see that uh, a number of Republicans are not going to vote for her, which, okay, fine. Other than the stuff that I've just talked about in her record, I don't know anything else about her. And what I've seen so far, the fact that she cannot give a, a firm definition of what, of what a woman is, uh, that she has no right to be on the court. Because if you're going to, going to decide cases... Because I can see in the future, because she's going to be on the court for the rest of her life, I can see into the future. There are going to be cases on this whole transgender stuff, right? And in even I, – I find it so funny that you have people like um, Bruce Jenner coming out and saying, you know, I'm tired of the woke stuff. It's like, wow, you are the embodiment of the woke. And it's so funny to see him go on uh, Sean Hannity and say, I'm tired of the woke stuff. It's like no, but you are the woke. Well, stuff. you helped. You helped create all of this. Yeah, it takes a real man to win woman of the year. By 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 you going up there and taking the woman of the year, 
you you set the stage for all this to to continue. Now, whether that was that was Caitlyn's intention, I, I have no idea. I have no idea if if that's what they wanted to do. But um, I I, I it, it's pretty funny to just, just try to sit back and take take the sidelines on this um, whenever. You're the one that helped create all this, and I don't. I don't know if anybody asked uh, potential Justice uh, Jackson about how what she thought about, um, you know, if if two if a parents if two parents were at odds uh, to whether or not their kid was actually transgender, who would she would side with? Would she side with the one parent that wanted the kid to go through the transition, or the one that did want to go go through the transition? Um, you know, who would she side with? Because it's obviously child abuse, and it's obviously wrong. I mean, we can all see that, but who? Which one would she side with? Would she affirm the the th- the three year old who now thinks that you know he's a girl now, or would she side with the one parent says no? You were born a boy. You're gonna be a boy. Um, or you can, or this is not your decision to make right now. If you're once you're eighteen, I, I, if you're once you're eighteen, you can do whatever, whatever the heck you want. I don't care. Um, but we're talking about a child. It's a little bit different because um, uh, look. Kids are stupid, especially at that at that that young age, and they don't have they don't have the ability to to comprehend anything quite yet because they're still learning the world. So to take um, to take anything they say and to apply that and to cause life changing and life altering uh, some measures that are irreversible uh, is 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 pretty pretty dangerous. You know, it'd be like saying, "Well, I'm a bear." Okay, well, we're just gonna just surgically put fur all over you. Oh, oh, honey, you don't want to be a bear anymore. Oh, well, you know, you should have thought about that before you told mommy that you wanted to be a bear. Yes, yes, that is a is a very um, hyperbolic um, example, but you know, so kids are dumb. So kids don't know what they want. You know, how many times do we see a young child just sit there and cry? And and I didn't know what they want. Just sit there and not even know what they want. Just just having a cold, just men, mental breakdown. Uh, very often, the, they're not able and they don't have the ability to make these sort of decisions. So I I, I don't I don't think that in a right world this is an open shut case. But unfortunately, we live in the clown world of 2022 America, where you know st- something like that goes to the court. You don't know. You almost got flip, you almost got a flip, 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 flip a coin. It was like whenever um these OSHA vaccine mandate. Oh, sorry, we're gonna get this thing taken down on spot on Spotify now. But yeah, whenever they struck that down, they axed that. We kind of held our breath for a second and said, "Hey, this could be big if they hold this up." Yeah, and then uh, Lindsey Graham asked her about her work defending some of the de- the detainees in Guantanamo Bay. Um, and of course, Lindsey Graham is of the opinion, well, these people were captured. Now, the way that they were captured and sold to to the U.S. military is a little weird. And shady. It's just kind of shady. Uh, and then he wants them to be held in prisons indefinitely, and he says, you know, lock, lock them away and throw away the key. I hope they die in jail. Well, there's with some of these, I listened to Judge Napolitano talk about this, and he said that, with some of these cases, there's just such a lack of information about who they are. You don't know who you don't know what they are or what they will do. There's, there's, you have no idea, right? 
And then Lindsey Graham gives the the example of, well, if you look at the Taliban government now, it's all made up of people who were in Guantanamo Bay. That may or may not be true. I don't know. But we're lo- if we're looking at this in the eyes of the law and the Constitution, the opinion, or from what I understand from what um, the, uh, the judge was saying, uh, Napolitano was saying, is that, well, it's against the law to hold people uh, indefinitely without a reason without giving them at least a day in court. Well, you can say, well, they're not American citizens. Well, according to uh, uh, Supreme Court president and decisions that they have made, the Constitution applies to persons who are in the uh, custody of the American government. So if you're, under, if you're in custody of the American government, you have they have to provide you with some form of judicial process. You have, you know, it's, you can't, because you can't just throw someone in jail no matter who they are, without a reason. And uh, Napolitano was saying that Lindsey Graham was wrong for saying that. He was wrong for doing that. He was wrong for attacking uh, potential Justice Brown or Jackson for her views on that. And Lindsey Graham got so fired up and so furious that he stormed out of the room because... Um, because, you know, he he's so... He wants these people to die so bad that, like, why don't you just... Fly down to Cuba and put a bullet in their head. Then, if it's that important to you, Lindsay, why don't you take care of the problem then? Oh no! Oh no! He can't do that because, well, he has to look tough and strong for his constituents because they're all watching. And it's like, well, someone's gonna win. Someone has to win re-election here. Yeah, and that's all. That's all it was because nothing's nothing's gonna change with these Guantanamo Bay detainees. They're not going anywhere. As far as I'm concerned, I could, I could be wrong. We're not going anywhere. Uh, they're, they're not. No one's giving them a trial. No one's going to let them out. They try to let some of them out, but like you keep. But it, it, it's actually a kind of a, a question that that you know we need to the the court needs to answer is that okay? Well, can we just hold these people indefinitely? Is that right? Is that consistent with the spirit of the Constitution of? Uh, you know, you have a right to a trial. You have a right to a speedy trial. It means they, they can't hold you for 20 years and then give you a trial on the 21st year. They can't do that. Now, you can say, well, they're not American citizens. Well, the Supreme Court decision that was handed down is that when it, the Constitution says persons, not just citizens, but persons. So, I mean, that's a good, that's a, that's a good question for us to kind of, you know, play around with. Um. But I don't think it was entirely fair the way that Lindsey Graham was attacking her for that. Now I could be completely wrong. I'm not a I'm not a legal expert. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a judge. Uh, I don't know. I think Lindsey Graham went to law school. I don't know if he ever practiced law, but I don't know. Practicing uh, quotations. Yeah, practicing being quotations. But you know, whatever. I don't know. Did you have? Did you have you watched any of the hearings? You know, I have not watched any of the hearings. I I caught a little bit of of them. So Lindsey Graham. Um. You know, if something big were to happen, like if they were accusing um, Jackson of doing something egregious, like on the level of a Clarence Thomas or a Brett Kavanaugh, you know, I would have heard about it. So that's kind of where I'm going with it. Uh, Nothing from the left is going to be anything of substance. It's just going to be, I I did see, uh, I think it was Cory Booker or somebody saying that, that's what a great moment we we have here to have, to have the first ever, um, African American woman, um, but potentially be on the be on the court, and then Cory Booker said, you know, as somebody who who um, went to a small black church 
which if if a Cory Brooker went to church, which is funny, I find that I find that when politicians, especially especially um, bad politicians, try to try to try to use God and try to use church as an example, um, it's not really playing out in your life. Um, look, I'm not I'm not the, I'm not the most perfect person ever, um, but to vote on some of the things that that, that you vote for, uh, I I question question sometimes uh, the validity of the spirituality of these people. Um, especially if you go to vote for some of these wars and you're going to vote for some of these spending. Um, I, I, I question that. And I think, honestly, they just use it as, as a way to, to tug on the heartstrings of the American people because America is overwhelmingly um, it's religious in some sense. A lot of people say they practice some kind of religion or they identify with some kind of religion. But, you know, it's funny because he said I, I grew up in a small black church where I think he was from like a very white part of um, a yeah, very white New, collar family, New Jersey, very white collar part. So, yeah, I mean, did his very white um, affluent area have a small black church that he went to? P- possibly. Sure. But doubt press. I press F to doubt on, on that on that statement. But it just I knew what this was going to be. I knew that this was going to be. Um, one side praising her because of the color of her skin and for um, the fact that she's a woman, even though she's she a woman. can't define what it is. She's she's a woman, and you know to pull the the pull the whole Hillary Clinton line. Why should someone vote for you, Hillary? Well, first of all, I'm a woman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you have a, a little cackling laugh there. Um, there was something I saw also. The, the big controversy was the fact that took that Tuck that Tucker Carlson was asking for her. Um, LSAT scores. Oh yeah, which you know, if those people don't, don't know the LSAT. It's it, it's a it's an exam that people take in law school to kind of gauge their their um, reasoning ability. reasoning and their ability to process difficult situations and and stuff like that. And Tucker Carlson was like, "Can we just see the scores, right? If you're an acclaimed, if you're as top good as of they the say class, you are. yeah, you just say you are. Then just show your scores, because you know if you know." If you're gonna elect somebody to the highest court in the land, you know, seeing how you how you did on on, on exams and seeing how you did, um, in your ability to to reason, you know, that's probably pretty important. And you know, would it would it sway someone's opinion if it was lower than expect and than expected? Probably not. And would it be a big talking point if you, you know, had a middle of the road LSAT versus like a top of the class? Probably not. I don't think that would cause any big controversy. But oh my gosh, you would have thought, you would have thought that Tucker Carlson was was saying, "Well, you know what? You're black, so I know your scores are bad because I because you're black." And the outrage from the media from that was just it was it was quite on the levels of um, whenever they were accusing Brett Kavanaugh of rape. Was that well? How, well, how, how dare you? The outrage! I think they had this one person on on MSNBC that said this is the most disgusting, racist thing that Tucker's ever done for asking for a person's scores. So let me get asked a question. So if it was white, if it was a white person, would you have any problem asking for their test scores? <clears throat> or if they were Asian, or if they were Hispanic, would would that be okay to ask for someone's scores based on? Their ability to reason and practice law is, is that is that racist? You know, for for a lot of things, I kind of play devil's advocate for a lot of the racist um, comments that that people try to um, accuse people of, just because I'm like, okay, well, how 
I put myself in their shoes and I say, okay, well, how could I find this racist? How could I find this offensive? And sometimes I could be like, um, I can see where they're coming from. I don't, I don't agree with it, but I can see where they're coming from. On this one, I really struggled. <laughs> I really, really struggled to find anything of substance that was just overtly racist. I, 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 I just, I just did. I couldn't. If you found something, <clears throat> if you think that it is racist to ask somebody for their there are test scores before taking the highest court of the land because solely of the color of their skin. I, I please inform me because I, I was struggling on that one. <clears throat> but that's the whole thing about um, let's just be honest. That's the reason why that she's that she's getting getting this position. It's not I, I mean, I people will say it's for her intellect and it's for her um, and it's for her ability to reason. And I, I'm, I'm not saying that brown is a stupid lady i don't i don't think she is i don't think that she's um unintelligent i don't think that she's stupid but let's just be honest what they did is that they they took all the available just all the available judges and lawyers and they said okay we're gonna weed out everyone who's not a who's 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 not a female everyone who's not black and then that's who we're left with that's exactly what they did. And Trump did the same thing whenever he elected Amy Coney Barrett. He said, I want to pick a woman. So he just immediately excluded all of the all of the um, men, half the population he just excluded. Look, if you wanted to pick a black female for the Supreme Court, whatever, I freaking don't care. But don't sit there and pretend that, oh, we're, we're, we're picking the most qualified person imaginable. Well, I mean, as the view said, she's perfect. She's perfect. Well, of course she is. She's perfect. Because, you know, and, and then and then if you were to ask them why are why is she perfect other than traits that she was born with, of course they could never answer it. They well, could never her, answer. Her judicial it. record is 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 uh is beyond reproach. Beyond reproach. Oh, okay. Right. Beyond reproach. Right. You know, cuz we need we need diversity because 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 as we know, if she's elected or if she's appointed, she'll be she'll be the only black person on on the Supreme Court because cuz Clarence Thomas he's he's not really black, okay? Okay. As Joe Biden would say, you ain't black. <laughs> All right. If you're if you don't know if if you don't know if you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. That's what Joe Biden said. So people who are championing this great um, civil rights leader, Joe Biden, you ain't black. Was that a Freudian slip? Maybe. Eh, was it him just kind of losing it? Eh, maybe, possibly. I, this is, that's why I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it because I knew that, I knew that, that the Republicans were going to, there were some good questions about some of the things that she's done, but, you know, these have gone these have gotten so partisan and so just rotten that I, I I just can't I can't bring myself to watch it I honestly can't um after Kavanaugh after Amy Coney Barrett I just I just I've just lost all all willingness to watch it if anything big happens I'll tune in because like I'll cover it obviously but nothing has happened You'll, you will adjust any, the bunny ears on your TV nothing has happened of any substance in any of these hearings you know they they tried to find a way to get Kavanaugh, so they 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 drug in a lady who claimed that he gang raped her thirty something years ago, and then then Amy Coney Barrett, who you know of course you know whenever it's whenever it's a conservative or it's a right leaning woman, then it's free to attack her gender, free to attack her beliefs, but because she's a black woman, uh, I guess that the extra melanin in your skin makes you in, impermeable to any sort of criticism, and any criticism is racist. 
it is racist. Well, you know, it, it's not sexist to accuse Amy Coney Barrett because she's a conservative. So that's completely okay to to uh, criticize her. That's not sexist. Also not racist to accuse um, Clarence Thomas back in the 90s about um, the same thing that Brett Kavanaugh was accused of. Yeah, that's not racist. It's, it's not racist to accuse a conservative justice who's black. That's not racist, but it's racist whenever it's someone that we agree with, that agrees with the <clears throat> message. Yeah, the message. Anyway, so, yeah. So, I, I, I've just watched bits and pieces of this uh, hearing, and I've... I haven't watched it because I know it's going to be said. Well, yeah, I, I have... Yes, I... I, I, I could have written the script myself. Yeah, I know that too, but I just wanted to see the questions surrounding the cheese pizza stuff. I just uh, wanted yeah. to, I just wanted to see the questions around that. And if you want to watch someone break down the whole ins and outs of the cases that they were that they were talking about in the court, uh, Nick Ricada put up a video uh, dissecting Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley's questioning of her. And if you want to know more specifics about what the what those cases, uh, what was in those cases, then you can you can go uh, look up that. Anyway, so <clears throat> I don't know if you're aware of this or not, Jacob, but the uh, the Putin. You know, you know, you know the evil Russian pr- president Vladimir Putin. Yeah, I've heard of him. You heard of that guy? Yeah. So he is now wanting Europe to pay for Russian gas in rubles. Ooh. And I believe that the the de- the deal that was made between India and Russia was going to be made in their respective currencies. And now, from what I understand, that uh, I from I, if I remember correctly, China is not going to be purchasing. Russian uh, petroleum products, either in their currency or in the ruble. So there's questions surrounding the ruble now. Now, the people are saying, well, the ruble's worth nothing, duh. They won't be able to do it, duh. Well, that may or may not be the case. That, that is still remains to be seen. But that, that also spells a huge problem for the United States. Because since, I think, 1944, there's this thing, thing called the petrodollar, where... All oil has to be purchased using American dollars. And that has been great for the United States. It's been great for the economy. It's the reason why people can sit in the, in Manhattan and write articles about how great Brad Pitt's hair is and get paid $60,000 a year. Otherwise, that sort of thing would, would never get done. But because we have this system that's it's based on the petrodollar, jobs like that exist. It's the reason why one of the reasons why America is is as wealthy as it is. Now, we would largely say that's a little fictitious, that's not real, but it's one of the ways that America is as wealthy as it is. <clears throat> What's happening now is that all that's being called into question because <clears throat> Russia is going to demand that the countries they do business with stop using the dollar. And this is the question, this, this is the thing that Jacob and I were very concerned about from the beginning of this, is that if we push too hard with these sanctions, if we push Russia too hard, what happens when they drop the dollar and start using their own currency or, or other currencies to do deals in petroleum? Because petroleum or oil is their largest export. You know, there is a, they are one of the largest produce, oil-producing countries in the world. And their friends, India, China, and other countries, uh, they have to buy a lot of oil because, well, they don't have a lot of reserves or they don't have oil uh, uh, fields that they can draw oil from. 
Um, and so the question is, okay, so if we push too hard, if we sanction too hard, if we condemn the Russians too hard, if we go before the world at NATO in Brussels and, and claim that Putin is a war criminal, which Joe Biden just recently did, if we do all of those things and they drop the petrodollar, and now we see that the, the, the Saudis are going to use a different currency instead of the the uh, the U.S. dollar because they don't think that we are being as kind to them as we could be. If all of that happens, what does that mean for the U.S. economy? What does that mean for our standard of living? Well, it certainly means that it's going to go down because the whole house of cards of the American economy is largely based on the fact that there is faith in the U.S. dollar. Now, we will kind of tongue-in-cheek say that um, that the that the U.S. dollar is worthless. Well, that's it's true, but it's also there's also a little more to it as well. The only thing that gives the U.S. dollar value right now is the fact that all uh, all purchases for oil have to be done in our currency. Now, you can think that's a little shady. You can think that that's not fair. You you can think that that's not right. Fine, but that's the that's the Back to the reality right now that every every country that wants to buy oil has to do it uh, through our currency. They have to buy our currency in order to buy oil. Well, that artificially creates a lots of value for the dollar. So when that when that value or when those uh, when pe- when people stop using the dollar to purchase oil, that means the dollar's worthless. And when the dollar becomes worthless, our economy becomes worthless because then everyone is going to lose faith in the dollar. And that's th- that's going to spell a lot of economic hardship for a lot of people. Um, and, the, you know, is that is that a good thing? N- no, it's not a good thing. But do I, am I, hmm, this is, this is a hard one. It's because for so long, you know the the United States, the, the the U.S. government and other governments and other countries would bully other countries into using this dollar, and they do things like through the IMF and these uh, international uh, economic functions. They would bully other countries to step in line, and people would say, "Well, that well that puts tyranny and that puts bad people at bay." Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see how you can just bully people into doing things because you think you're the righteous one. For instance, let's let's give some examples. Um, Iraq. Saddam Hussein was wanting to was wanting not to use the US dollar to purchase and sell his oil. Well we see what happened there. Uh, let's look at uh, Libya. Muammar Gaddafi was threatening to drop the US dollar to sell oil. Well, and he was threatening to use a gold backed currency. Right. And um, and we see what happened there. So now we, now we've got Russia saying that they're going to stop, that they're going to drop the dollar to uh, sell their oil. Well, we're seeing what's happening now. So with all this happening, and we see the countries like Yemen, where the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, the United States and Saudi go go to the Yemeni people before the war and say, we need you to stop. Uh, producing all forms of food, you can just you know just grow coffee beans, just grow coffee beans, right? And then now we are now they're involved in a genocide because they have no way to grow food. All they can grow is coffee. You see what's happening? Which now. you know, coffee's great, but you can't really eat it. <laughs> yeah, you can drink it, but you can't eat it. All right, you know what we are? 
to the mafia saying, look here, you, you look at the world, okay? You're gonna use a dollar. You don't want to use a dollar. Bad things happen to you. Okay. Look at look at look at look at this guy. Okay. Get his feet chopped off. Okay. Get his knees busted out. You're gonna you're gonna play ball. Good things gonna happen to you. We're all gonna get rich. Don't wanna play ball. Well, might find yourself in a ditch later on. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. So the in 1944, the Bretton Woods uh, Conference tied the currencies of virtually every country in the world to the U.S. dollar through a fixed exchange rate. It also tied the U.S. dollar to, or the U.S. dollar to gold at a fixed rate of thirty-five dollars an ounce. So the old phrase, "as good as gold," right? Uh, so the Brenton Woods system made the U.S. dollar the world's premier reserve currency. It forced other countries to store dollars for international trade or to exchange with the U.S. government for gold. However, it was failed. To, you know, it was doomed to fail. Because of runaway spending, <clears throat> welfare, warfare, all this stuff, right? So then, then in the '60s, the number of dollars circulating had dramatically increased relative to the amount of gold backing them. This encouraged foreign countries to exchange their dollars for gold, draining the U.S. gold supply at an alarming rate. Then in '71, Nixon temporarily suspended the dollar's convertibility into gold, thus ended the Bretton Woods system as serves and severed the dollar's last tie to gold. What's funny enough is that that temporary uh, suspension is still around today. We're still hanging. Temporarily we're suspended. still temporarily suspended from U.S. being backed <clears throat> by gold. Um, and I've had a, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of conversations with people saying, you know, I asked, I take a dollar bill out of my wallet because you know, and I say, you know, what gives this value? And they're like, well, I don't know. And they say, well, I don't think, you know, money, forever, forever, however many ounces of gold you should have, however many dollars. And I thought, okay, well, if there's nothing that backs it up, whether it be gold, silver, oil, you know, smiles and handshakes, what, what, what is it worth? What is it worth? And I they mean, can never to, answer it. I mean, to people would argue, people who, try, who claim to be smart argue that it's a, <clears throat> that one dollar represents a very tiny fraction of the U.S. economy, which, I mean... To a certain extent, that is true, because um, that's really all we have left <clears throat> is the fact that it's just backed up by the U.S. economy and backed up by 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 the U.S. military, which is generally when we when we, when we get to the crux of the argument that it, it, essentially the the currency has whatever value the government places that it, it on, um, and it's been artificially propped up for so for so long. Because all these countries have to go into the marketplace to buy U.S. dollars, to trade U.S. dollars, whatever currency they have, to do any sort of international trade when it comes to petroleum or any other kind of products. So we had we had this artificial usage where everyone's like, "Hey, everybody's using U.S. dollars." Well, yeah, doy. <laughs> they they kind of have to. If you want to get oil in your country, you kind of have to go out into the marketplace and you have to trade out whatever your currency to buy to get dollars and then you have to use those dollars to buy oil and you know that's just with the deal that we made it's with the saudis and that's yeah. and that's why a lot of these wars have actually happened it's because we had this deal where we say okay hey saudi saudi arabia you're going to enforce this <clears throat> petrodollar thing and, and then so we'll help you with whatever you want that's why we're in yemen that's why you have issues going on all throughout the middle east with pipelines oil pipelines mm-hmm. throughout the world so um, so since the they took the dollar off the gold standard, basically they they severed the last string that was holding it was holding on to it. Um, that created a huge problem because now the dollar was spiraling out of control as far as its uh, its effectiveness and its worth. So 
they had to come up with some kind of scheme to give it value. Um, and the way they do the way they did that is that they created this scheme with the Saudis, uh, and they created the they came to an agreement called the Petro Dollar System. The matter of fact, they handpicked the Saudis because they have a large uh, oil reserves, vast oil or petroleum reserves, and they kind of dominate the market, and they dominate the market at that time with the, with the oils. So the Petro system uh, guarantees the survival of the House of Saudis, which is their like kingdom, I guess. Uh, if they would do three things for the United States, first, they would use its dominant position in OPEC to ensure that all oil transactions would only happen in U.S. dollars. Second, they would recycle hundreds of billions of U.S. dollars from annual oil revenue into U.S. treasuries. This lets the U.S. issue more debt and finance previously unimaginable budget deficits. Third, it would guarantee the price of oil within limits acceptable to the U.S. and, uh, and prevent another oil embargo. The petrodollar, system, the petrodollar system gave foreign countries another compelling reason to hold the U.S. dollar and it preserved the, the dollar's unique status as a world top reserve currency. Uh, you think, okay, well, why oil? Well, oil is probably the most important commodity in the it's world. The most traded commodity in the world. Um, you know, we, we can talk about how much we love gold and silver all we want, but you can't really do a whole lot with it. Well, you can do a lot of stuff with oil, like a lot of stuff with oil that makes it so valuable. Well, we've created this system where the price of oil is artificially set because of OPEC and because of a lot of things. And there's the reserve currency of the world kind of artificially because, you know, we have this sweetheart deal with the Saudis that you can do whatever you want, Saudis, just as long as you keep sending them dollars back and keep buying our treasuries. You can, you can, we, we can, you know, as long as we keep doing that, everything's fine. It's all good peace, okay? It's, it's, all, it's all good stuff here, you know? Um, but that's being all called into question now because... Like it or not, there are people in the world who may not agree with that, who think, you know what, maybe it's time for a change. Maybe the United States has just gotten a little little too far out of control. Maybe we need to kind of reel it in, or maybe we want to go a separate way. And that kind of brings me to what Joe Biden said the other day about, you know, there's going to be a new world order. Well, when you when they say new world order, are they? T- I think what they're saying is that there has been a liberal world order since the end of the Second World War. And they say through through things like the IMF, International Monetary Fund, the G7, the G20, uh, the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, these types of things have kept the world from spiraling into another disaster through war. Well, they say that we've, we've had, uh, you know, an unparalleled amounts of peace throughout the world since the World War II. I would say that's wrong, and I'd say there's probably been just as much death and bloodshed since then. If not more. If not more. So what they're, what they're saying is that for, for a long time, all these European countries, in Russia to some extent, and now we see the rise of China, so they're challenging the system. So the liberal world order, which was uh, spearheaded by the United States, kind of kept everyone in check. We were the world superpower. If you want to do something, you had to go through us first. Well, that's all being questioned now because of this whole Russia-Ukraine crisis, and now you see China and India saying, yeah, we're not going along with this. So what I think this is is that a lot of these people are saying, well, we need a new world order. What does that mean? Well, they want to create a new system like the liberal world order, which is falling apart. They want to create a new system to keep these countries in check. 
And the countries that have to be kept in check are going to be, you know, of course, Russia and China. Well, I think the United States is trying to spearhead, along with other European countries and maybe some Asian countries, of creating a, like a block uh, as a way to combat the so-called aggression or so-called, you know, the problems with these other countries. So that's, that's kind of what I think it is. It's really not all that different from what has existed before. Now, there's these people saying, like, you know, George H.W. Bush said New World Order and uh, other presidents have said it before, too. Well, there, there kind of is a world order uh, that kind of, that there are international courts that the other countries can be brought to. There's one in, in the Netherlands, I think, in The Hague. There's one in Brussels, isn't there one in Brussels? There might be one in Brussels. And there's the United Nations. There's the G7. There's the G20. There's the World Economic Forum. Like, these things do exist for a reason. Now, I don't support any of it. I think the United States should pull all of its support and all of its funding from all of these things. There's no reason why the United States should, needs to be in the G7 or the, or the G20. It's ridiculous. It's got nothing to do with, with economic growth or anything like that. It's all about keeping countries in check and making sure that one country, the United States, is dominant in all of this. That's what it's there for. It's not for making sure that, you know, Germany and France get along. It's got nothing to do with that. Um, and as you see, um, there are there are European leaders who are saying, I think it was Boris Johnson was saying that, <clears throat> you know, we may never have normal relations with Russia ever again. You know, they want to they want to kick. I think they kicked Russia out of the G7 and the they G20. Did, yeah. Yeah. So they're doing everything they can to kick these people out and create this new uh, this new standard of global hegemony in the world against Russia and against China. Now, you can think Russia and China is bad. You can think all of those things. But they kind of want to create another NATO-style force to combat Russia and China. Well, we can see how... This version of NATO didn't really work out. We can see what how they've been handling this situation isn't working out. It isn't working. Um, so you know that's a it's a these are really trying questioning times because um, because well we can't keep this up forever. There are if there are countries who are really interested in dropping the U.S. dollar for purchases for oil. Well, that kind of calls into question the legitimacy of the dollar, and thereby question the legitimacy of the U.S. government. Because if the dollar goes to zero, then everything we're doing has to stop at some point. Like, it can't go on forever. Um, you know, there are people like us and people like Ron Paul were saying years ago, let's stop it now before we, really, before we get embarrassed. Because that's what's going to happen. At some point... The petrodollar system is going to fall apart. the the U.S. the U.S. dollar reserve currency is going to, it's going to lose its reserve currency status. That's going to happen at some point. It does this doesn't last forever, because before the U.S. dollar was reserve currency of the world, it was the British pound. Then it was the uh, the French franc. Is that how? The French franc? No, I think it's that's that's Swiss franc. I'm thinking of the of uh, the French. What's their currency called? They use they use they use the euro, right? No, no. B before that, this is like a, like a hundred years ago. Um, <clears throat> look it up. I forget. Might I be that might be the franc, but I the Germans have yeah the French franc. Okay, yeah French franc. Yeah. I guess they just call everything francs in in Europe. The Swiss franc, so. the 
Well, it's kind of it's kind of like dollar, like the Canadian dollar. The yeah. okay, that makes sense. <clears throat> so before before the British pound, it was you know the the French franc. That's just a, that's, that's a funny thing to say, French franc. That they could frankly they couldn't come up with a better word than that. You missed that. I said uh, frankly, it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I, get it. I get it. Good joke. So um, so we've seen reserve currencies come and go. And this, I don't think that that our reserve status is going to last forever. And to be quite honest with you, it's not like we've been good stewards of it anyway. We've we've vastly over uh, overinflated our our dollar. We've vastly overinflated our economy. We've gotten a little too drunk on the power, kind of trying to bully other countries into doing what we think is best. Now, you can think that we have good intentions. Sometimes we do. By the times we don't, right? We were very willing to start unnecessary wars in the Middle East to maintain the status of that dollar. And a lot of people died, right? The reason why the the United States will not stop its support for the war in Yemen is because the Saudis uh, purchase our treasuries. And if we stop supporting the Saudis in the war in Yemen, will they stop buying our treasuries? So we have a financial interest the, US, the United States has a financial interest to make sure that the, a lot of people die in Yemen. That's the reason why it won't stop. So you can say, well, we ha- if you can say that, you know, well, we have to maintain our standard of living, you can, okay, that's fine. I, I would like to as well. But in doing so, does that mean a lot of people have to die? And just because, and just so you can go to, you know, your job in Manhattan and buy your $5 coffee. If it's so important to you that you maintain that lifestyle, well, then I think you need, I think you need to be aware of how that happens and why it happens. The amount of countries and people that that just get rolled, uh, so you can so you can have your standard of living. I think we all need to be aware of that and be honest about it and not just say, "Oh, well, you know, whatever, I don't care." No, Joe, that kind of talk makes me think only one thing: what you hate the troops. And you hate America. Obviously. That's, that's obviously the case. You hate America and you hate the troops. How, how dare you think that America's the bad guy in all this, Joe? How dare you? Well, I, I don't think it's me saying that they're the bad guy. Let's just be honest with, with, with what the situa- situation is. But look, Joe, let's, let, let's also be honest, okay? As the late, great Mad- Madeline Albright said, it's worth it, okay? It's, we think it is, it is worth it. Right, the half a million kids that died. Yes, we think it's worth yeah. it. We we think we've done the math and we're like half a million. Uh, uh, the, look, h- half a million lives on the global scale is just it's just a rounding error. Okay, that's that's really all it is. So, you know, you know, God rest her soul. But she, but she was, you know, possibly right on that. That that this is all just, all just worth it. So that way I can be comfortable. No, I guess so. And I can have a comfortable life, and so I can be the, be the first female Secretary of State and be an inspiration for millions of people um, while being completely cool. And and keep in mind, justifying um, the slaughter of, um, of um, half a million people, the, the amount of people that um, Hitler would have been like, wow, that's that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you want, you want to hear a bad take? Sure, I, I love them. All right, so this is this is from a couple weeks ago, or about a week or two ago, and it was Sean Hannity proposes NATO fighter jets bomb the Russian convoy. Remember that Russian convoy? Yeah, that can't go over great. Right. 
So he said, this is from his radio show, so it's like a transcript. Um, he says, now you would think that these European countries would get together and they'd be arming the Ukrainians and show that they're because they're, they show that they're willing to fight, right? Uh, you know, if we, you know, if we see on satellite imagery that where this convoy is, I don't know, maybe some smart country, maybe NATO, might take some of their fighter jets, or maybe they can use some drone strikes and take out the whole dang convoy. And then nobody takes credit for it. So then Putin doesn't know who who to hit back. <laughs> wow. Well. <laughs> folks. Folks, we just gotta stop. So we're done. That has to be the dumbest take. We're... We're done. You know what we should do? Uh, I guess I got a better idea. <laughs> got a better idea. We should steal a uh, we should steal a Japanese nuclear weapon and then launch it from and then and then launch it from Africa. So that way, whenever the whenever the missile hits and they're like a missile came a Japanese missile came from Africa launched by the US, I don't know who to attack. What what what, what do we do? What do we do? I think that's how we stop all this. We should just, we should just paint the planes um, into the colors of a different, a different um, nation, and then have obvious like PA systems with with obviously American voices saying "Look out below," and then that way Putin's it's forces not- are like. Like I don't know who they, they sound American, but they had but they had you know Swiss fighter jets. I, I don't even what what do we do? And Putin's like I don't know. So we can't do anything because we don't know who to attack. I guess we should go home. I guess we should go home. We don't know who to attack. It's, we don't, we remember don't know a couple to... years ago when Nikki Haley was parading around with these supposed missiles they found that had in big bold white printed letters in English "Made in Iran." <laughs> um, because yeah, because the Iranians are that stupid, they would put "Made in Iran" in English on their missiles. You know what that's like? That's like from the Benchwarmers. Whenever that one, whenever the one like older like Hispanic guy wants to play baseball and he has that fake birth certificate, and it, yeah. says, it says "I am 12 <laughs> with, with twenty dollars inside. Nope, this here <laughs> <laughs> looks good here. <laughs> I am twelve. Maybe we could drop those missiles on the the convoy that says "Made in the Iran," so they'll attack the Iranians. Attack the Iranians! Ooh, I like. Take out the mullahs. Always do is steal a Chinese missile and let and let China and Russia fight it out. Oh, that's a great idea. President President Eleven's like, no, 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 it was us, wasn't us. (laughs) So stupid Americans. Why does he sound Italian? I don't know. (laughs) The stupid Americans. They got they they steal the missile. They steal the missile. (laughs) Wasn't my fault. Wasn't my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. Here, have a fiat. That's how. That's how. That's how President Xi sounds. Once, as soon as the cameras go off, he goes into a like a straight, just <laughs> like a like an like an Al Pacino. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> he sounds like a cross between Al Pacino and Robert De Niro in a gangster movie. Oh yeah. That's what. That's what. Honestly, that's that's what President Xi sounds like. Dude, you talking to me? <laughs> He just drops the whole accent. Yeah. I'm talking to you. Puts on like his Miami white suit. <laughs> he Oh, from Scarface? Yeah, from Scarface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Puts on the Miami white suit and yeah, then walks the, around yeah, like the, yeah. walks around Beijing in that. <laughs> that would be a sight. I mean, sight. he's already got the greasy, slicked back hair. See, I'm telling you. I Look, can we figure out how to send him a suit and be like our gift? Do we just see a, all, all I want back? I'll, I'll ship it. All I want back is a picture of you. A picture of you in front of a desk with a giant pile of cocaine. In cash. In cash. That's yeah. what I want. President Xi just... 
just so I can just so that last statement can be deemed true. <laughs> I guess I guess that would be funny. Do we have time for one more little shing? Are we? You got about five minutes left. So you gotta wrap it up, sucker. Uh, well, I uh, it's gonna take longer than five minutes, but anyway. Um, oh, we can get to this real quick. Uh, this this will go quick. Don't hit the mic, Joe. Oh, shut up. Shut up. It's called a mic drop, shut not up. a mic hit. Shut up. Um, so everyone knows who Marjorie Taylor Greene is, right? Yeah. I'm I'm becoming a big fan of hers because you, you are you're, you're becoming a big fan of hers. Yes, because okay. um she has <laughs> said a, she released a statement uh, a while ago or video, and Tom Woods talked about it, and it was her condemning the actions of the United States as far as Russia and Ukraine goes, saying that we should be getting involved. Um, NATO's a problem. Sanctions are a problem. Uh, we should stop. We shouldn't give any more support or funding because obviously the Ukrainians are not going to be able to win this whole shebang anyway. So she says all those things, right? She condemned the weapons shipments. She condemned the uh, the no-fly zone, warned of the real risk of a nuclear war with Russia, criticized the U.S.'s long and pointless wars in the Middle East. Good job. Um, spoke against sanctions and how they would, how they would how these sanctions are going to create problems with um, exporting a fertilizer and grains and energy and warned that these measures could push Russia closer to China. Uh, she declared that the Ukraine will never join NATO. She said that the U.S. must broker peace talks between Ukraine and Russia. She mentioned the American role in the 2014 Maidan revolution, which is how um, they took out – what was his name? I can't remember his name. He was the, uh, former, not, <clears throat> he was the former president. Not, of... not, not Yatsenyuk, but um, uh, it's another, another one of those. Boris Yeltsin? No. Um, and the, you know, there's there's much to like about what she said, right? But at the same time, these the right wing populists they have this problem. They'll talk very aggressively about how you know the wars in the Middle East, the Russia Ukraine thing is all bad. The sanctions are bad. This is bad. Should be doing these bad things. But they will turn all that on its head and become full on neocons when it comes to China. Oh yeah, we need to go hard against China. So here's here's some of the things that she's you know that. That the, that the populist right point out is that Joe Biden is weak. If he only were more aggressive, we wouldn't be in this mess. Well, that kind of goes against what she said about the Middle East and all this, right? Uh, you know, the U.S. involvement in Ukraine plays into China plays right into China's hands. The 21st century is defined uh, by its greatest competition with China. Well, uh, okay. Um, Joe Biden caused the war by lifting sanctions. On the Nord Stream Two pipeline, they all the neo all the neo, all the populists will say this. They'll say that you know we shouldn't have lifted sanctions on the pipeline, but then at the same time they will say sanctions cause this problem. So it can't. It's one or the other. It can't be both. Well, this is how you this is how you tell that these people aren't based on principles, because if they had principles, then they would have the same reaction to to Russia as they would China if they had principles, but they they but they don't. I guess so. Which is kind of where I fall with her. I think that she said a lot of really stupid things in the past. I think she's done a lot of really dumb things. Um, some of her retweets back, back, back when I was on Twitter were a little questionable. Um, and I, I don't, I don't hate her. I, I don't, I don't hate her. I think that she's. I have a more. I have a. If you have a, a negative, neutral, or favorable, it probably leans towards neutral to favorable opinion of her um i do think that she does kind of dangerously hop from one conspiracy theory theory to the next 
Um, and some of them have been right. Some of the COVID stuff that she's been talking about has been right. Um, but there's one thing she's talking about with like lasers and like the Rothschild and some weird stuff like that. Um, that we're like, eh, it's just, it's just, it's just not a good look. Um, but I, I don't have a negative opinion of her. I, I just wish that she would just focus on, on the right thing instead of rabbit trailing off on those things that aren't obviously not true and don't really matter. Um, because I think that she has a very important voice. A lot of people do listen to her. Uh, she, I don't know what district of Georgia, Georgia she represents. She doesn't represent us because we have Drew Ferguson, which right. uh, hopefully we can. I he sends me emails and you know because because I'm on his email list. Uh, maybe, maybe maybe that's where I got all I this Trump you. email stuff. I'm telling you, but I've been on Drew Ferguson's email list since he became um, the like our our congressman. Just because I I, I want to know what he's up to. I've emailed him a couple of times. He sends stuff back. Um, there was one about right before Trump left office. I, I told him to pressure the pressure Trump into pardoning Snowden and dropping all the charges against um, so Julian Assange and Chelsea Manning and getting basically pardoning and getting them off of everything. Of course, he didn't do that. And I don't think he responded to that one. And then there's one about Ooh, can't touch that one. That's a little too hot. There was another email I sent him about was it I, arms deals. Yeah, my something like that. I forget. Drew Ferguson's very uh, squishy. He's he's. I don't like again. I when I said I don't hate him. I don't know him personally, but as far as his politics, as far as some of the things that he's voted for, I think he's just a very cookie cutter um, GOP conservative, quote unquote. Uh, hopefully, we can get somebody else in there soon. Um, I'd like to go talk to him at some point if we could ever do that and just try to break through something with him um, because. You know, you, you do have an interesting – there are good I, – I wish that he would work with the good members of the GOP um, like Thomas Massey. I wish that he would work with Thomas Massey. I wish he would work with um, – <clears throat> MGT. Yeah, so Rand Paul on more things. I, that's who I wish that he would partner with instead of instead of the instead of the Lindsey Grahams of the world and – The Mark Meadows. And- yeah, just yeah, use way better Congress and Senator – um, people Peoples. to work with. Uh, I I wish that he. I'd be like, you know, Thomas Massey from from like Kentucky. Yeah, go go work with him. Go don't listen to us. Go work with him because he's yeah. the best one we have right now. And not only because he follows me on Twitter, but <laughs> you have a, a, a I have an obligation to an praise obligation Thomas Massey. I think he's my highest profile follow on Twitter. I know that Shane Hazel follows me. I know that. Um. um there's someone else big that follows me as well, but I think that Thomas Mass is my biggest follow. There's some other, I don't know. Does Drew Ferguson follow me on Twitter? I have mm. to go back and check. I doubt he does, but you know, again, if I ever had the opportunity to to go and have him on the show or to go talk to him, if ever up in D.C. before he leaves, I'd like to go and just chat and just say, hey, you know, I I really think that you preach a good message, but then you go out and vote, and I'm just like, bro, this is not fiscal conservatism. You know, he voted. I, if he did not, but best of my knowledge, he voted for the big spending bill for COVID. Um, I think he's pretty much lockstep in as far as with the GOP, as far as the dealing with um, Ukraine and Russia. So, you know, I I think that there's there's some more he could learn. I don't think he's a stupid guy. He's a he's a dentist, right? I think is what he is. That he's a I practicing dentist or something like that. So he's obviously an intelligent man to be a dentist. You know, it's a lot of hard work and knowledge that goes into that. So, you know, I I just I just hope that 
hope that we can one day break through if, or if not find someone that that will understand and break through because i hope so too i hope so anyway uh that's it for today uh, we'll be back on monday with another um huh did get get to the plugs Oh, I, I thought you were saying something else. No, do the plugs, Joe. Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. Um, uh, oh, yeah, join the website. Support us on Patreon if you can. Uh, it's just it's a measly five bucks a month, and if you like the content you're getting here, please sign up there. Give us a ten on the rating things on the uh, the uh, Spotify and the, the Apple. Um, give us a five stars there. Leave a comment saying these guys are really cool, but they're really dumb. That'd be great. Um, and if we do the little the little AMA, be sure to leave a comment or shoot us an email at jacobstandridge at protonmail.com is where you can shoot the email. You can send me a message on Twitter. I can see them. I have my iPad connected to it in case anyone messages me on Twitter for whatever reason. I can see it. So if you still follow me on Twitter, you can message me there. Um, however, I, I will direct you to shoot me an email. You can also uh, shoot me a comment on the um, Substack too. We should get like a, like a little burner phone. Um <laughs> That we, so we can put the phone number out. So if you want to text us something, you, you can text you know, the phone. You know that we're going to have so much crap and garbage sent in on that line if we do that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's uh, sell our check number. Out the, check out the Teespring store. we got some cool stuff there. Um, uh, thanks for listening to the show, and we'll be back on Monday. Peace. Tranquility, we copy you on the ground. you got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot.